0: on this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories the podcast the Lethbridge Bulls are Western Canadian Baseball League champions Welcome to episode 146 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. For the first time since 2015, the Lethbridge Bulls have captured the Western Canadian Baseball League title. It was quite the ride for the Bulls, who finished the regular season on a six-game losing streak, including the final four to the Sylvan Lake Gulls, who they ended up meeting in the semifinals. Thanks to a stellar complete game performance from Bryce Oriol Fraser in Game 1 and a solid eight-inning outing from Brad Goodwin in Game 2, the Bulls exacted revenge by sweeping the best-of-three series. Then it was on to the Edmonton prospects, who upset the league-leading Oktok's Dogs Black in their opening round series... Jake Anderson was stellar on the mound for the Bulls in a 2-0 victory to open up that series. And the Bulls completed their second straight sweep with a resounding 16-5 triumph on Saturday night. Kyle Pops started the game, then made way for Oriol Fraser in the fourth inning. The Lethbridge product allowed five hits and two runs in his five-plus innings of holding down the fort, striking out Johnny McGill to end the game. One, two, the count.
1: Called strike three of
0: the Lethbridge Bulls have won the 2021 WCBL Championship. You can head to albertadougoutstories.com as we've posted our WCBL Playoff recap. One of the people quoted in that story is the new WCBL Playoff MVP, Bryce Oriol Fraser, who's the first to join us on the podcast this week to talk about the excitement, the pandemonium, and bringing it all home again. Bryce, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks. It's nice to
1: be
0: here. Couple days later, how does it feel when you hear the words Lethbridge Bulls 2021 WCBL champions?
1: Oh, uh, it's crazy. Still hard to believe. Can't believe it happens.
0: <laughs> Let's try this one on for size then. Bryce Oriol Fraser, WCBL playoff MVP. How does that one sound?
1: I can't even believe that one. It's crazy. Going from being on team in 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. and we got smacked first round of the playoffs, and then we win it this year. Just great.
0: And then you get to do it all on your birthday. How cool was that?
1: Definitely the best birthday I've ever had.
0: <laughs> I can only imagine. Describe that feeling uh, around the dugout in Game 2. You guys put that 8-spot up in the 6th inning. You slowly start to realize what's happening. What goes through your mind?
1: Uh, what was going through my mind is... I just tried to go out and pitch like it's a tie ball game. Everybody else was kinda <laughs> letting it sink in, but I still had to focus. What? It was awesome though.
0: Was it tough to keep your composure a little bit knowing that you had that big lead and knowing as well that, you know, the the WCBL this season was kinda crazy and it wasn't that difficult for teams to put up, you know, a five spot and then all of a sudden be right back in it again.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It was it was diff- definitely different this year. But, like, what I thought to myself going into those playoffs was, if I'm on the mound, there's no way we're losing. I won't let that happen is kind of what my mindset was.
0: Did you know that you were going to be going out in relief at some point in that game, too, if push came to shove? Because, I mean, you it's quite the turnaround, given that you had that complete game just a few days earlier.
1: Yeah, Luke... He came up to me and asked if I would be good. And if there was a game three, I would have pitched that game, but we wanted to win, so I had to go and pitch. It's not too
2: bad, I guess.
0: (laughs) When you look back on it, talk us through more of that mindset idea, especially heading into the playoffs because it was such a different end of the season for you guys. You, you had your struggles against Sylvan Lake to end things at, and then you go up right against them again. So how do you turn the page on that one and make sure that you focus in on, on the new season, AKA playoffs?
1: Uh, just flushing it. Like, cause it didn't matter what happened before that. We just need to play our game, be focused. And I was going to, pitch the best I could, give us the best opportunity to win.
0: You're one of the veterans on the team, so I assume you took a bit of a leadership role in that department. You showed it on the field. Was there anything in the clubhouse that you were saying or things that you were trying to get across to the guys to say, okay, we got to put the past behind us and and let's focus in on getting four wins here?
1: Uh, Not really. I've never, like, I'm kind of a, I don't know how to explain it, not really a leader, but, like, I try and show my leadership instead of, like, explaining it in my words. Whereas there were some other guys, like, kind of kind of a veteran, but he was, like, a big leader. It was nice to have him in that first game because he wasn't there before that in then. But that definitely changed it.
0: Your whole staff had a phenomenal playoff. I mean, everybody seemed to step up at the right time. Was there anything said within that group to get things back on even keel?
1: Uh... Not too much. We were just so tight in it, and we, it didn't matter who was going out on the mound. We trusted everyone, and I think that's why we did so well. It's just trust and mm-hmm. confidence.
0: Walk us through that final pitch, and what goes through your mind when that ball hits the glove and the called strike three. Uh, walk us through the pandemonium in the moments thereafter.
1: Uh, I didn't even like key in on it. Like, I knew it happened, but I still didn't believe it. So I was just kind of dazed. And then <laughs> I, as soon as I saw Noah coming out, I, was, I I realized it. And it was just crazy. I can't even explain it. It's just a, honestly the greatest moment of my life.
0: When you look back on that and you think about sort of how you were attacking batters during the playoffs. I'm always curious about that mindset around whether you're going in to play your game or whether you kind of adjust because you've seen a lot of these guys so often. What was your mindset going in? Just capitalize off of the stuff you've got, or were you trying to adjust given what you'd already seen?
1: Um, A little bit of both because I played against a bunch of the guys on that Sylvan team before, so I kind of knew what to pitch them. But it was a lot of trust in Noah, his pitch calling. And then against Edmonton, I was just attacking because there's no point trying to be perfect when we're up that many runs. Just get back to the dugout, let the voice hit.
0: And obviously, they did that in droves. And I mean, when you look back on this season, how are you going to remember this team? What are you going to take away from this experience?
1: Uh, I don't know. Just the fact that we go from. Losing however many many games in a row, getting no hit, and then we go four and zero in playoffs. Just the flip of the switch, we went from very average team to best team in Western Canada.
0: How amazing is that when you think back on it?
1: I still can't even believe it. Like, cause I've I played with a bunch of the guys. Like it was it was sweet to have a bunch of Vauxhall guys on that team. And then just representing for Bridge. it was mm-hmm. nice to bring it home.
0: And speaking of that side of it, I assume you probably grew up going to Spitz Stadium and getting to watch the Bulls back in the day. What what does that mean to you to be able to to bring that home?
1: It's great. I believe it was the second time Lusbridge has ever won it. Mm-hmm. So it was just a dream come true to bring it back here.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your, your past in baseball here and, and go back to the very beginning. I mean, you're an Alberta boy. Hockey and football typically are, are front and center for for a lot of kids. What was it that, that made you say, you know what, baseball's a pretty cool game. Maybe I'm going to chase that dream.
1: Uh, my family was big into slow pitch, so it's it's not very close. But I just, when they were playing, I loved it. Had a decent arm as a little kid. Didn't start playing baseball until... I was like 14, and then I just fell in love with it as soon as I started playing. Never really played any other sports.
0: Do you remember the moment where you said, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I've got a shot at being able to take this to the next level, go to go to Vauxhall, go to post-sec, play in the WCBL, that kind of thing?
1: uh I never really had it before I went to Vauxhall. It wasn't until... 2019 when I was at Southeastern Hmm. before I pitched against or after I pitched against the Detroit Tigers, that's when I realized, Oh my God, Hmm. I might be decent at
0: this. (laughs) And and obviously the the Vauxhall experience had to be something else for you. What did that mean to you in, in your progression, not just as a, as a ball player, but also as a human being?
1: It was great. It changed my life. Like if I didn't go there, I don't know what I would be doing right now. I'm just glad Coach Mack took a chance on me and then gave me the opportunity to go play in the States for as long as I have so far and get an education out of it. Mm
0: What's some of the obviously you look back and and I'm sure the last weekend's probably pretty high up there, but as you look over your the course of your young career, uh, maybe give us an idea as to some of your your favorite moments or memories that made you go, Wow, I can't believe I did that or I got to experience that or I got to see that on the baseball field.
1: Uh, my first one's probably winning the best of the West in 2015, um, playing at the Rogers Center. For tournament 12 in 2016, and then playing against the Tigers, and then going to the NAI World Series, and then obviously on Saturday winning the, the championship. It was that's probably top
0: now. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And like I said, especially when it all happens on your birthday as well. When you look back on things, and obviously whether it be at Vauxhall or whether it be in college, that kind of thing, I'm sure there was alumni that rolled through and offered pieces of advice. Now that you're that veteran with uh, a few years under your belt and you're able to maybe go back to Vauxhall or go back to your club team or whatever the case may be and, and offer those 12 or 13 or 14-year-old kids the advice when they're beginning their baseball journey, uh, what pieces of advice would you give to them?
1: confidence i didn't realize until i was 21 years old that if you aren't confident you i won't make it you just have to believe in yourself believe that you're better than the people you're playing not in like an arrogant way just believing in yourself and betting on yourself is what the main thing because my little cousin he's 12 and i tell him every day and hopefully it works but Mm -hmm. you never know
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Final question for you here, Bryce. It's a ask question I ask everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you?
1: It means everything. Baseball is. I I guess it's my life, but like it's definitely changed the person that I am today. Like if I didn't have baseball, my life would be completely different. I owe everything
0: to it. Fantastic stuff. Well, Bryce, again, congratulations on on all the accomplishments over the past few months here, but congratulations on the, the baseball career to this point. Continued success going forward. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
1: Thanks. It's a pleasure.
0: Next up on the podcast is catcher Noah Orr. The native of Richmond, B.C., led the WCBL with a 400 batting average and was near the top in several other offensive categories. The 5'9", 190-pound backstop also had a front row seat to some fantastic pitching performances in those final four games where even he admits he was taken aback by the next gear they were able to hit. Noah, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me
0: couple days later, how does it feel when you hear the words Lethbridge Bulls, WCBL champions?
2: It feels good. You know, this is why a lot of us came here in the first place.
0: Describe the feeling around the dugout in Game 2 as you put up that 8th spot in the 6th, and you're starting to slowly realize what exactly is happening.
2: At that point, we're just uh, counting down the outs and trying to make uh, keep it to fundamentals and make the plays get out.
0: How difficult is that from the standpoint of you want to contain that excitement and especially knowing that you have to kind of stay on track because of how crazy of a season it was and how, how crazy the offense was during the course of the season as well?
2: Uh, I mean, for me, behind the plate, I'm just trying to call the same game that I was calling all season. So uh, for me, I wasn't super worried about like counting the outs. I'm sure guys on the bench and like, in the field are a little bit antsy because they're not touching the ball every pitch. Um, so I think it's a little different from my standpoint compared to theirs
0: you mentioned that front row seat you saw some fantastic pitching performances especially during the playoffs what was it like from that catcher's perspective seeing your pitchers hit that next level on the big stage and calling their games uh, live and in person like you were
2: uh, you know it was just great to see the the switch that they like turned on for playoffs you know it was just like a different mentality I thought from our pitchers and the execution was like another level that I didn't even see during the year.
0: Speaking of great performances, Bryce Oriole Fraser, Playoff MVP. You saw what he brought to the table. How would you describe his performance during the playoffs?
2: Amazing. I don't know if there's much else to say. You know, he clutched up for us. He went. He pitched, I think, total fourteen plus innings for us in the playoffs in a week. So he it
0: up for us. <laughs> When you're calling a game like that from behind the plate, what was your focus going in? Are you trying to play to each player's strengths? Or you did you have enough time to kind of scout the other teams and figure out what they were bringing to the table, or were you sticking to your game for the most part?
2: I mean, it's it's what the pitcher's got on that given day. Sometimes he's got a couple pitches. Sometimes he's got more. So you know, game plans happen on the fly for me, at least when I'm behind the plate you know it's what's working it's not necessarily catered to the hitter sometimes it's catered to our pitcher and we got to work with what we have
0: what was key for the team to turn the page on the end of that season it was a losing streak and then you managed to to really own in on the playoffs and focus in on that and and to sweep both Sylvan Lake and Edmonton that had to have been that was something else so what was it that kind of helped you guys as a whole turn the page?
2: Uh, you know, I think the 40-game season was getting a little bit long for us uh, at the end there, especially. Uh, but for playoffs, we knew that we had to flip a switch. So uh, a lot of players knew that. So taking those last few games to kind of rest up, but you know, still try to compete out there was a little bit tough to land phys- physically for a lot of us, especially not playing in like 18 months where – majority of our
0: team. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that again in a second here. How crazy was that turnaround as a player to see things go uh, from losing and, and having a rough go of it, especially against a team like Selvin Lake, to go and face them in playoffs again and then to sweep them? It kind of went unexpected for a lot of folks that were watching.
2: Yeah, you know, it's definitely, it was definitely tough for us to go one and nine against them on the year and like, lose <laughs> Four straight against them, uh, and then come in and be like, okay, we're going to beat you guys. But we were able to do that with a lot of leaders on our team,
1: our coaches.
2: You know, we all, we all believed that we could do it, especially after winning game one. We knew that like the whole playoff series, both of them were ours.
0: What was the message in the clubhouse as you went into the playoffs and as you continued rolling along through the playoffs during this last week here in terms of just making sure you stayed focused and stayed with your eyes sort of on that prize?
2: Uh, you know, it was just counting down the games that we needed to win. That was huge for our coaches. And, you know, our pitching, our pitching was really dominant. And all we had to do was put up a couple of runs and we had the game. So solid defense and solid pitching really won us games.
0: You've been a catalyst for that offense. You hit 400 during the season. What was it from your standpoint that worked so well, and and what was it that kind of made you made you hit that next level?
2: Uh, a lot of it was just the uh, excitement of playing again, I think. You know, just having that extra general interaction focus at the plate was great for me. Um, I saw the ball well this summer, um, and I just put – bats on the ball and they found a lot of holes.
0: When you went into this season obviously you're coming off as you mentioned that that big long break, you weren't able to play with UBC. Did you have any goals or aspirations or things that you wanted to work on this summer to make sure that you were hitting the the ground running when you got back to UBC and did you accomplish those goals?
2: I mean for me it was just about getting some game action again. Um, I got a lot of years of eligibility left but not a lot of school left so I think just getting that game experience and living that college experience of being a varsity athlete is what I wanted to do, and it was a really great time
0: in Lethbridge this summer. You mentioned being off for as long as you were. What did you do to stay on top of your game and make sure that you didn't lose a step for when that moment was given where you were able to actually hit a field again?
2: Uh, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of like game-like action at school uh, as best as we could. Our coaches, Chris and Sammy and Wayne, did a great job um, making us work like we were actually in a game. I think the toughest part was mentally trying to think that we were in a game, although we were just having practices.
0: What comes to mind when you think about those ups and downs over the last couple of years and then obviously the ultimate up of winning it all?
2: I mean, with COVID, I had something bigger than baseball. So obviously all of the had a halt that, but uh, when it started, uh, when they really got back into it, uh, in the excitement of coming to Lethbridge was really hitting on the drive over.
0: When you think about this last experience here in Lethbridge here, how will you remember it, and how will you remember this team?
2: Uh, you know, we're a team that came from all over Canada to come play together for to win a championship. Uh, chance did a great job recruiting guys. Uh, but especially like my teammates, Ty Fenner, Mike Simmons, and then Carlin Dick, he was an Abbotsford kid. You know, it was just great playing with them. We all had each other's backs, our pitchers did great. It was great working with their staff. You know, I'll, I'll cherish all the memories here in my fridge.
0: What I like to do on this podcast is sort of give a, a bit of a snapshot as to uh, every athlete's journey in baseball. And I want to go back in time to your beginnings in the sport. Do you remember the moment when you first fell in love with the game? Maybe it was a family member or w- what? maybe it was just something that uh, you got to play and, and enjoyed. What was it that made you fall in love with the game of baseball in the first place? Uh,
2: I honestly love that it's in the spring and summer. I'm definitely a fair-weather athlete, (laughs) so being out there there in the sun is really great. Uh, But no, it was when I was younger, my family fought me a a Velcro glove with a Velcro baseball, so it would stick every time, so I thought I was really good at it. Mm -hmm. But really, the Velcro was working for me, so that's, that's really when I started to love it when I was a kid.
0: Do you remember the moment when you realized that you might be actually good at the sport? It's one thing to just enjoy it, but to also be successful at it. Do you remember that moment when you went, you know what, I want to chase this and see how far it's going to take me?
2: Yeah, it started like my early teenage years when I started uh, going apart from my friends and started playing with older, older guys. Um, it was a tough decision, obviously, to leave my friends, but to go up to the next level is a big part in my development and where I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. As you look back on your baseball journey, aside from obviously winning a WCBL championship now, uh, any highlights or, or memories that make you go, man, I can't believe I got to do that in this journey? Uh,
2: just playing on the BC Provincial team, uh, going into T12. Those two uh, really stand out for me.
0: When you look back on it, you probably had some, you know, alumni of programs that you were a part of, or maybe some some older athletes who came by and stopped to offer words of advice. I ask this of all of our guests as well. If you were to go back and, and maybe talk to some young kids who are 12, 13, 14, just starting their own baseball journeys here in Canada, what kinds of advice would you offer to them?
2: You know, keep working hard, push yourself, push your teammates. You know, a lot of a lot of teammates pushed me when I was younger. To be better, so as long as you keep pushing yourself and pushing your teammates, someone else will push you up too.
0: Fantastic stuff, Noah. Final question for you the one I always ask What does the game of baseball mean to you?
2: Uh, game of baseball means everything, you know. It's led me to a higher education, it's led me to a higher level on the field. Um, you know, my family's also a part of it too, they're there at every game that they can be at, so that means everything to me.
0: Noah, congratulations on the WCBL Championship. Congratulations on the fantastic season, on the fantastic journey to this point, and all the best going forward. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thanks again to both Bryce Oriol-Fraser and Noah Orr for joining us this week. And again, congratulations to the Lethbridge Bulls on winning their second WCBL championship in franchise history. We'd also like to congratulate the WCBL on putting together what turned out to be a season like no other. We can't wait to get back at it next summer with a full slate of teams. While we're congratulating and thanking people, we also want to thank our Platinum supporter, the Okotoks Dogs, for being great teammates of ours. The dogs were first to join as sponsors a few years back and were first to jump on board with our brand new tiered sponsorship program. For more information on the dogs and on how to get involved to help us cover our costs, make sure to head to albertadugoutstoriescom slash supporters. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.